0: Okay, so is the air conditioner, is it, is it, it's on, is, is it, but I mean, is it fucked because the chicken place exploded? Like, were we on the same, I don't know, how's the HVAC work? Is it like an internet type? I'm losing my goddamn, it's so fucking hot in here. Holy shit.
1: It Feels yeah. great.
0: <sighs> I think all the outside tubes were connected together, so. Okay. Like, yeah, is it like a Freon network? Mm -hmm. or something
2: there's like a freon central hub
1: that probably got taken out maybe hot but look how much fucking free chicken we got
0: hey it fucking charbroiled just like you like buddy Mm -hmm. blackened chicken yeah blackened street chicken put up a sign let's make some
2: well and
1: don't have, don't have to order lunch for
2: two weeks. And because of the explosion, it's so ashy. I think we finally got that clunky chicken we've been after. Oh.
0: It was there in front of us the whole time. I can't I can't Love concentrate. It. I can't keep up with you. I got a hundred pounds on both of you. Take
1: your shirt and off,
0: dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you no. see me? I'm just wearing a cowboy hat, dude. Yeah. <laughs> okay. We're gonna Dan, are we and gonna we, talk about uh, this now?
1: Uh, okay, all right. Howdy! Two days. It's been going on. We haven't said anything. So, mm-hmm. can mm-hmm. you get? Well, us that's that's two days of only here?
0: wearing the cowboy hat. Yeah, he's been wearing the cowboy hat for a week. He took his clothes off two days ago. So, what what's going what, on? What's me? up? You want to talk up? about it? Like what?
1: Is everything okay at home?
0: I'm a naughty sheriff. Character work now. Okay. So, if we would have just let it go, I think we would have.
1: Are you back in that, like, that local guy's plays again? Is that what's going on?
0: Dan, can you stand out of the way of the fan? Like, can I get some air or trade me spots? Thank you. Put your hands up. This thing's loaded. You that think? was the fastest boner I've ever seen. Holy <laughs> shit.
1: You think he's going to do, there's this, a snake in my back?
0: That's his quick draw, huh? Holy shit. <laughs> there's,
1: there's a snake it. on
0: my waist.
1: Just make sure you stay behind the counter, okay? mm I'm stocking shelves. <laughs> you you're going to knock everything off.
0: You're going to use your boner to close the till after every uh, transaction? Mm-hmm. That'd be pretty cool Getting it sh- sh- nice and strong Yeah I think though what you'll do Is you'll train your body You'll only be able to ejaculate At the sound of of, of banking Like you'll need a ka Hey bones Don't listen to a Pink Floyd record dude You'll blow <laughs> fucking Your balls inside out I'm already there dude And
1: 97 I told you to get there guys Look at that Whew. Fucking smoker in here.
0: I'm about to pull do the right thing.
1: Huh. Throw some trash cans through this window, yeah. please. Fuck it. Mm-hmm. And leave. Don't put ice cubes on Kron's nipples, please.
2: Yeah. I'm declaring martial law in the store. Oh, God.
0: How? What brought this on, bro? What? That means any, anything goes. <laughs> no. Do we have a curfew? No curfew.
3: Don't, don't give him any ideas. Yeah, dude, did you... what, what prompted the hat? What did
0: this come from?
1: Yeah. Why don't you wear boots too? Like where? Where those? Uh, boots get, it's too hot for boots, Dan. Oh, uh, it's ninety-seven degrees in here. At least the hat's keeping
2: the sun out of my eyes.
0: <laughs> it's a dry, It's not a dry heat though, Dan. It's very humid. Mm-hmm. I think half that humidity is is me.
1: Chicken, lose a little pounds. Eh.
0: uh,
2: If you want to know what brought this on. Thank you. Finally. I watched a movie, Solo. I think maybe if you guys watch With it.
0: With Mario Van Peebles <laughs> and Adrian Brody? <laughs> hmm About that the marine one, robot?
2: That one, but also another one. Okay. Anyway, I got a couple hats in the back. I say we throw it on, see how you guys feel at the end
0: of it. All right, that's that's cool, because I'm taking my clothes off.
2: Halfway there. Cool. This week on 5-Day Rentals, extreme prejudice. Welcome back, everybody, to the 5-Day Rentals Podcast. This is the video store podcast where each week we take turns picking a flick that we think meets a fun, non-genre-specific category. This round's category, courtesy of Laundry Dan, is direction, erection, uh, open parentheses, Walter Hill, close parentheses, all three films by the one and only Walter Hill. I am Cron Howard, I will be the host this week Joined as always by uh Two guys so lazy they could be considered The zombie squad amongst themselves It's Laundry Dan and Bones
3: Howdy Uh, Actually Cron Bones had to step away for a minute He asked me to sit in and talk to you guys about podcasting.
2: Is this...
3: (laughs) Potentially um, him.
2: Dan, who do you think we got here? (laughs) Uh,
3: I have... I have no idea. (laughs) Can't tell for my piercing blue eyes. (laughs) Uh... Johnny Depp? I was in the goddamn movie that you're talking about Oh, it's what <laughs> is
2: fucking it? hell Good God, it's, it, Nick, it's Nolte. It Nick Nolte Nick <laughs> Nolte? What happened? Look, looking a little worse for the wear Well, he yeah, has, dude, He nice has me
3: hair. to come in here and talk First Because It's extraneous <laughs> It seems like it Yeah Well,
1: well
2: what, what would you like us to know?
3: Here, here to talk about your perception as artist, our perceptions <laughs> of the artist, your podcasting craft.
1: Are you? I thought you was talking about Walter Hill. Yeah. Uh, sir, we don't put out art. No.
3: Well, is podcasting not the greatest new art of the, of now? No, I would
2: easily take uh, music, movies, poetry, books, uh, basically any other form of art would rank above this one. Well,
3: yeah, we stink, dude. We're shit. It's your responsibility to think highly of yourself, or the audience will.
1: The the audience loves the, the self hate and. Shit talk that we talk to talk about on this
3: podcast, yeah. No,
1: about this podcast. If a
3: if a comedian goes on stage and says that, "Hey, I suck," you're only going to give me two stars. People would get their popcorn and they would leave the nightclub. Mm -hmm. Yeah,
2: I take my popcorn. I take my comedy club popcorn with me (laughs) right out the door
1: see what we're dealing with Nick Melty here we're dealing with you say that and that's what we picked up on popcorn this, at a comedy club
2: is this guy fucked up from cigarettes or I don't know if that's like meth mouth that he's got this is
3: the uh, I pull a tooth out for the movie affliction
1: uh, okay <laughs> when was that believe that's it's in, in the like, 90s
2: 97 and you still have this thing going on well you, I couldn't put it back
3: you saved it I put it under my pillow The popcorn yeah. fairy brought me Some popcorn
1: How was it working with Paul? Paul? Yeah We covered one of his movies on the podcast Cat People He directed Affliction as well Oh
3: I know him by Shrayball Ball. <laughs> Because he, huh? he gets down with all of his leading actresses.
1: What about you? You didn't want to.
3: Oh, I fucked everything. I sat on Barbara Streisand's face. <laughs> she sat on mine. God damn!
1: Oh my god, we're getting. You heard it first here. It's
3: responsibility. Is that what loves the it? artist to commit? Is that what
2: re- led to her rhinoplasty? <laughs> you fucking caved her nose in.
1: It's the last time you've washed your ass, Nick.
3: Well, he sprayed me down inside the big house. So you did go to jail. Well, if you remember <laughs> that was a that was a tough you know, it's hey, the hardest uh, responsibility you, too.
1: Aren't you getting like a shitload of money from Marvel? Or are you like a you're like a superhero, right?
3: What?
1: Yeah, you were in one of the Hulks, right?
3: Yeah, aren't you Oh, yeah, I was... Well, that's not the continuity of what (laughs) the current MCU... Yeah,
2: aren't you a Dr. Marvel or something?
3: Well, I was Eric Banner, his daddy. I was a bad daddy. A lot of people threw popcorn at that one. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, they didn't
2: take it out of the theater with them. They <laughs> threw it all at the screen in protest.
1: Um, we're doing Extreme Prejudice tonight. How do you how are you feeling about that?
3: Man, I got I was I lost fifty pounds in that movie. I heard you
2: look good. Wow, you were fifty pounds heavier going into <laughs> Extreme Prejudice. Well, I was always a big. I was a football player. Yeah, but you're not a. And I was a. I was a I was robust. I wanted to exactly call you lean and extreme prejudice.
3: I thought he looked pretty.
2: Go back. I mean, he, he look- looks muscular, but he doesn't look like a,
3: you know, not, he doesn't look like the machinist or anything. I mean, you put me in Power's booth in a wide shot and tell me that's not two peasant spencers, giant fucking drug heads.
4: <laughs>
3: you know, we're, should be big. Big boy, but Walter—he wanted us to be thin and lean.
2: Was there a lot of a uh, to offset sn-
3: the very small casting of these special operators that
1: come in? Oh, the zombie unit.
3: Is there a lot of uh,
4: a? Yeah. yeah, a
2: lot of snorting on the set of Extreme Prejudice.
3: Well, we had to get into the mindset of what these border patrol officers were dealing with and these drug mules
4: mm-hmm.
3: okay just so due the, diligence well, well the, the, tips are... the tips of our fingers were licked quite a bit you know what i mean <laughs> by yourself or well we had a woman on set who would lick our finger
1: <laughs> hopefully she, she came well
3: well she came from the postal service
2: that makes sense yeah did Did uh, she have to get rhinoplasty as
3: well after that? I sat on her face. Yeah, (laughs) I thought (laughs)
1: so. (laughs) Mr. Nolte, uh,
3: thanks for stopping by. I just wanted to do this for a little bit now. Get it out of the way. I I gotta go to bed. Sounds like it. I gotta beat Mm -hmm. Michael Douglas to bed. Uh, You two hanging out. I get (laughs) in bed first. He's
1: already already asleep, I'm sure.
3: He drinks all my milk. Mm-hmm. Aggravating. Yeah, big milk guy. I like milk and cocaine and popcorn. I like a lot of white stuff. Let's remember that for next time. Might come in. Sure. All right. Hey,
1: come back anytime, sir. Yo, what's up, <laughs> dude? Nick Nolte just. Did you guys start the show up, already? Fucking Nick Nolte stuff
0: Fucking by. Nick Nolte stop by. Yeah. yeah,
1: it was weird. I he wonder really
0: just if people will initially recognize that when he. St- Stopped in or was there like thirty seconds where people don't really know. Yeah, there was some confusion. He took Well, put
2: he's, he's put at least fifty pounds back on. So, you know, if you're coming off of extreme he's a, prejudice. He's a
0: robust guy though. He's a he was a football player.
1: Mm-hmm. That's what I heard.
0: He Big really popcorn. Just, yeah. 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 He, yeah, he had popcorn? a lot
2: of popcorn stuff, and then he told us about uh, how he sat on a bunch of women's faces. Yeah. What a freak.
0: Damn. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like a fucking awesome dude.
1: Yeah, hey, it's pretty cool. Okay. Hopefully he comes back.
0: But did you guys start already?
1: Nah. nah. Okay. He no, he, he butted right it. in. Okay, yeah. shit. All right. Stuff.
2: Uh, guys, we're talking Extreme Prejudice. I had seen this movie before. I think Dan had, even though he's yet to log it on Letterboxd. <laughs> Even still,
1: it's locked.
2: Uh, but I think Bones, this was first-time watch territory. First-time watch, buddy. Uh, were you able to keep up with the plot? <laughs>
0: I think so. Which um, one? <laughs> on which viewing? Or
2: No, I mean, which plot were you able to keep up with the best?
0: <laughs> your Your main love story is the most interesting part of the movie. The bummer being that the... Michael Ironside thing could be a hell of a lot cooler. Um, I don't know. I don't. I think we'll get into that when we talk about uh, the ending of those particular characters mm-hmm. and some and somehow wild bunch tragedy of them where you know it it there's an inglorious bastards effect to it where you're like, man, I wish I watched. It was all about this but in all actuality the more interesting different thing is you know the love triangle and and Jack's sort of moral confliction with uh being a lawman and mm. you know not wanting to put a guy down but having to in a, in a weird thing so you're right there there is like three or four layers and then even at like the big reveal you're when you should be like shocked and just enjoy the action. I found my brain going back and trying to reconnect dots.
2: Yeah. I feel like this, I mean, it's almost like they took two separate movies and smashed them together into one thing. Yeah. Um, cause you could just have like a very simple three person movie, right? Where it's Nolte Booth and Maria Conchita Alonso, or you could have a whole separate movie where it's, just the zombie squad fucking around in you know south texas yeah but you kind of get both
1: and i think powers booth he kind of disappears for a while to where you're like oh shit that's right when he comes back in Mm -hmm. so yeah i can i can see i think it works though
2: i mean i think it I think it works, but it's kind of like if you wrote it out on paper of like, this is the movie we're making. It would seem like a mistake. You know, it would seem like that's too much
1: shit happening. That's a lot of stuff happening to get to one point.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And we've talked about this a lot that a lot of movies that we cover from 20, 30 years ago have such dense plots that now they would be a Netflix series or they would be a limited series like you I could absolutely see this working but mm-hmm. to your point Cron, like two movies in one we've seen that movie several times of the commando going into the drug den and you might have a sheriff character that's like a you know a Jeff Bridges type that's a supporting character or the inverse of just the like a lone wolf McQuaid style ranger main character and your special forces guys would just be ones that are called in a quarter of the way into the movie and you see them occasionally Mm -hmm. so the balancing act of this movie is truly interesting
2: yeah i do feel like if they made this now this would be like a 10 hour hbo kind of thing where it would like you would get more, but at the same time, I think the fact that this is like an hour 45 works in its favor, even though there is a bunch going on because mm-hmm. you can kind of just, I don't know. I feel like it doesn't get to the point of dragging ever because like when it gets a little too plot heavy, they'll just jump into like a explosion or something. So, and I, I mean, th- oh, go ahead.
1: I was going to say there was 45 minutes cut. So there's that information as well.
0: And there truly is a lot of handholding at certain points, like Clancy Brown even have to like having to reiterate like, oh, this is a fake bank job. This is a fake bank robbery. We need an Mm -hmm. explosion to divert this. Like they give you a lot of that explanation without ruining that big reveal And even a lot of the detective work is very like in your face at times, like casings, shell casings. Give me my book on shell casings, shell casings, you know?
2: Uh, I do think, so Dan's pick for this category was Streets of Fire, which I think was kind of Walter Hill trying to, I don't know, maybe make like a more like female centric or more, approachable movie um and i think this is almost the exact opposite of like it was walter hill directing john millius wrote this like two kind of notorious uh like male chauvinistic assholes in hollywood working together um i don't know man this thing is just like such fun action you know it's kind of hard to not be entertained by this movie but i do think it's like interesting going from streets of fire to this on our
0: viewings yeah one is like i mean they both have love at the core but one i think is a love for it's the combination of all the things he grew up with and wanting to sort of combine and this one is the love of that particular genre and expanding out those, like... So play with the morality a little bit. Play with the armed forces a little bit. Play with the the pool of, you know, drug money. Mm-hmm. And, and sort of just amplify that for the 80s, you know. I was
1: going to say, uh, 84 was Streets of Fire. 85, Brewster's Millions...
2: Oh, <laughs>
1: um, and guy then pro- I think guy Extreme had Prejudice, a-
2: garage refrigerator in that movie.
0: <laughs> you, but if I didn't know those dates, if you told me Extreme Prejudice was before Streets of Fire, I would have believed you.
1: I can I, see that. Like
0: Extreme Prejudice has the feel of like typical 80s and Streets of Fire being more of a passion thing but I knew he earned his stripes you know late 70s because of warriors and alien you know he had pull to be able to do that that early Um,
1: and this one kind of reminds me of he did one in 81 called Southern Comfort I think it's Powers Booth as well so
4: yeah hmm
1: hmm
0: Hmm. okay interesting Southern uh-huh. Southern Comfort was the name of that movie.
1: Yeah, Southern Comfort, like Southern, the, like the alcohol what, what
0: And that had a car- in... has a carotene in it. Yeah, I believe so. It takes place in the bayou, maybe. Yeah. Oh. oh save me for later. <laughs>
2: All right, guys. I think we jump right
0: into Extreme Prejudice if you're it's both been ready. An, been enough character work for this episode, <laughs>
1: Well, I'm not working a shit. All right,
2: Hopefully. guys. This is Extreme Prejudice from 1987, directed by Walter Hill. Uh, the opening of this movie is just a bunch of text being printed out on an old dot matrix printer. He loves it.
1: Mm-hmm. Second time here. Mm-hmm. Uh,
2: all the text kind of mentions the zombie squad. We basically see a series of little vignettes that have... Uh, bunch of guys showing up at an airport. And as each one of them arrives, a little title card pops up that basically says, you know, this guy is military. Um, He died in service. He's presumed missing. His body could not be recovered. Uh, So all these guys are basically presumed
0: dead at this point. Dan, you and I grew up uh, military brats. Did these military IDs bring back any any memories? Uh,
1: yeah, a little bit.
0: Okay. I remember when I got mine so I could go anywhere I wanted on the base. That was pretty cool.
1: Yeah, I know. It's a very important conversation like when you got your... like mm-hmm. You can't
0: lose it. Keep it in your Velcro uh, okay. wallet. <laughs>
2: it's the only thing in there. I had a condom. A $1 bill, a Taco Bell hot sauce packet, military ID.
1: I had my Kiss Army card. Okay. As well. And a picture of my lady.
0: But she went to a different school though, right? We wouldn't know her. Yeah. Mm
1: -hmm. Nah, you wouldn't. But I totally got laid the other night.
2: It's weird that she printed it on normal paper when she gave Mm -hmm. it to you give it back I don't have it It. there were so many creases in it that it just disintegrated alright we cut over to the opening credits of this thing which the opening credits look and sound exactly like a NES game from the 80's I mean it's pretty incredible We join up with Nick Nolte and Rip Torn. Uh, these guys are a couple Texas Rangers. They're sitting outside of a bar in the rain. Uh, through their conversation, they believe that T.C. Luke, an own drug runner, is inside the bar. This guy did,
1: Rip Torn, did, did Rip Torn get an Oscar nomination, Best Supporting Actor for this, in 1987? I, I highly doubt it. Because he fucking should have.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: I mean, just what a name to have for an actor. Rip Torn.
1: It's perfect. Sheriff Hank Pearson.
2: (laughs) Uh, Nolte ends up going into the bar. He's got his rifle in hand. Uh, This is clearly like a Mexican bar at the south end of Texas. Like, as soon as he walks in, he's out of place here.
1: Should be El Paso, I believe.
0: Down yeah, in the it, West Texas town of El Paso? I think it... I fell in love Now,
1: with I think so, something no. in the story says they uh, arrived at the airport in El Paso. Maybe it's further down. Who knows? It's uh, another time, another place, Dan. <laughs> there we go. Mm-hmm. Using a Walter Hill uh, term there.
2: Uh, let's see. So... Nick Nolte sees at the end of the bar, there's TC, the guy they're looking for, tells TC, you better say adios to this lady with you. You're coming with me. TC asks him, how much help you got outside, Jack? He answers back, how much help do you think I need? (laughs) TC ends with a question. Yeah. It's fucking cool too, man. What a a little exchange.
1: I did like how everybody's parts... I mean, he does have a rifle in his hand, so. And he looks good. Nick Nolte looks good here, He
0: looks great in this movie. I heard he lost
1: 50 pounds to be
2: in this
0: thing. Yeah, he's normally robust.
2: (laughs) He played football. Mm -hmm. He still looks big, though. I mean, he's he's not a dainty guy. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) All right, TC instantly jumps up. He pulls a gun, uh, but he gets blasted by Jack. You ain't got no future, Jack.
1: <laughs> there
2: ain't no bat. Uh,
1: another Anybody, one. Anybody uh, miss cigarette machines? Every oh, day. They're fucking cool as hell, dude. I know, right? Like those shits. We need to get cigarette machines back in our public schools. Mm-hmm. That's what five-day rentals is the platform we're running on.
2: Or just put them back in bars. You know what? If you go to a bar, you're already playing fast and loose. What's a little secondhand smoke going to do to you?
1: Yeah. Let us smoke in bars. Mm-hmm.
2: And just even p- if you're not a, not a smoker, the bar is a little place to get away from it all. Have a cigarette, have a beer.
4: Yeah.
0: I, I truly think it should be up to the proprietor of the bar, right? Like me as an individual, I should be able to say, Hey, that that place, they they let people smoke in there. I don't wanna go. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Like Oh, we're going. It's not a fucking library. Yeah.
1: I think you should be able to smoke in a library too.
0: I think that's an Eddie Izzard bit. Where he talks about uh Yeah, yeah, no smoking in a bar in California and soon no drinking and no talking.
2: Well, but I I mean, if you're a super healthy person, right? Like if you work out every day, you have an incredibly strict diet. If you go to a bar, I mean, what are you rolling off? Like six days of your life over the course of your lifetime spending
0: a bar? I mean, those days don't matter anyway. They're going to suck. And honestly, you got guys like fucking – Nick Nolte, who are still kicking.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, in a few moments, he goes home and just has a Budweiser for, like, breakfast, I think.
0: Well, he worked the night shift, Dan.
1: Yeah. But, yeah, you could be a healthy person in a bar, and you could run into fucking Nick Nolte and get fucking shot, because you're running fucking coke over the border. Yeah.
0: Or you could be a big, fat, unhealthy guy, just a dirt farmer.
1: He's a dirt farmer, man. Just and you're going to
0: get shot.
2: Well, you could... You could just easily have those Rolling Stones or Willie Nelson jeans that prevent you from dying under, you know, all the fucked up shit you've done in your life.
1: I will say Penny Smasher was inspired after Bruce Springsteen this past weekend. He's to smoke a cigarette or what? <laughs> no, he's just like, I get my life together. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, just oh, hang just, a picture just, of the fucking boss up, bro.
0: Seeing a 70-year-old <laughs> just, still rocking and running just around.
1: Just not fucking stop. Like, God damn it.
2: All right. Another one of TC's goons. Uh, he kind of takes a run at Jack, but Rip Torn has gotten into the bar, <laughs> and he smashes this guy in the face with the butt of his rifle.
0: And just takes over the scene. Mm-hmm. It's incredible.
1: I love the shotgun throwing. like. hmm can we do that?
0: Bring a shotgun to Bud's. Yeah. I We need two shotguns. Okay. Okay. I'll tell Steve to bring his.
2: Uh, there's one guy remaining from TC's crew. They have him dump all the coke out onto the table and arrest two kilos. him. Didn't look like much.
1: I mean, those, Just saying.
2: Are, those are pretty big. It's like a bowling bag full of <laughs> fucking coke.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, that'll last us one night on the buds tour. I mean,
0: Jack arrives back home. That we should look into getting a girl that licks our fingers for us.
4: <laughs> sure,
0: <laughs> I Have think you guys heard about that in the eighties. You can like outsource people that used to work at USPS.
2: Little Cheeto dust for you, right. ma'am. <laughs>
1: Listen, I do everything but Cheeto dust.
2: (laughs) Why? That'd be the best thing. That'd be better than anything else you're licking off of a finger. All right, Jack arrives back home.
1: Uh, Hold on, what's the second best thing to lick off a finger?
2: Dorito dust. (laughs) All right. You knock out all the chips first, and Mm -hmm. then it gets progressively worse from there. (laughs) Uh, All right. Jack arrives back home. There's a lady waiting for him in bed. Jack goes to the bathroom. He starts washing his face. Uh, The lady, her name is Sarita, tells him, you know, looks like you had a hard day. Why don't you go grab a beer or tequila? Do you guys ever work night shift? Yeah. I did for a while at the university I went to. I worked graveyard.
0: It sucks, man.
2: Yeah, it's the worst. Trying to fall asleep as the sun is coming up feels wrong.
0: If ever... There were a lot of people when I was still running the ambulance that if we ever had to pull um, a 36 that they preferred to always come in like at 8 eight p.m. and work that 12 and then work the, the 24. I always preferred it the other way. I would always just much rather work the 24 and then work the, the 12 hours of the next day because at least I could go home and like easily reset. Mm-hmm. There was something about being up and then going to work at night that just fucking sucked. I can only imagine like my heart goes out to people that have families and shit that – that do that trade-off my mom did it for years sucked
2: i don't think i ever like got home and had a beer at you know 7 or 8 a.m though
1: what's the earliest you've ever had an alcoholic beverage
2: oh i'll definitely do one with like lunch i mean (laughs) have a little beer at lunch that's fun as hell dude (laughs) go back to work a little you're a
0: little loopy I mean, I'll do I'll do a, a a brunch or something on a Saturday. I'll have a it's like ten
1: a.m. or... Yeah,
0: that's probably the earliest I think any, and that's usually dependent on how long I've been up already. I do think I have a, a tendency to want to be awake for a while. Like even when I smoked, I never liked to smoke <laughs> that early in the like the day.
1: I mean, I'd get off records with you guys drinking, and then we'd hit the golf course at like 7.30 and pop open. <laughs> so,
0: Well, you're you're swinging those calories right off, though, buddy.
1: Yeah, yeah. totally.
0: How are you getting home in that situation? Golf I don't cart. Give a sh- I don't give a shit. Okay. I was going to say, I don't give a shit about you drinking and driving the golf cart, but I guess I'll uh, just take all that. Take it all the way home.
1: You just sweat it out. I mean it's usually the hot as fuck. You
0: calling an Uber?
1: Nah. You risk the biscuit. Drop my phone in the pisser. <laughs> I'm still waiting for that single, by the way. Mm-hmm.
0: I gotta learn how to do uh hook up my MIDI keyboard, I guess.
1: DK. <laughs>
2: Uh Sarita's kind of like, what's going on? Jack says, some guy at the at a bar pulled a gun on me last night. He was just some dirt farmer running drugs for Cash Bailey. This guy does also call himself a dirt farmer, though. So
4: mm-hmm.
2: not really a put down.
0: It, I like that it stuck with him. Mm-hmm. You know, I, li- I like the way that what they, I, I think the performance is great from Nolte. I think the writing on him is is specific. Like you, you kind of to get this so early on. I think is nice.
1: I just no wonder he's running coke. How the fuck do you farm dirt?
2: Could be pretty, dude. When I start the garden, I go buy some fresh dirt. I mean, somebody's got to be uh,
0: providing point, dirt. Con, somebody's putting dirt in bags.
1: Mm-hmm. That's true.
0: There's pallets of dirt at Lowe's.
1: Miracle-Gro's been doing it for years. I'm an idiot. You're right. Somebody's farming dirt in the U.S., dude. I did say the other day, I was like, I need to throw, like, two bags in there before I plant whatever I'm doing this spring.
0: Yeah. Do you? So, you, you go and you rent, like, a, a U-Haul, and you fill it up with fertilizer and stuff?
1: No. I, I've been shitting in it all, okay. all winter. hmm So... Jack,
2: uh, we cut over to Cash Bailey at this point. Helicopter lands outside of his compound, which is in Mexico. Uh, he's got a bunch of weed on the table. A scorpion crawls out, and he fucking crushes it right in his hand.
0: I like I... I like this writing thing where you mention somebody and then you cut to them. <laughs> you know, it's like you mentioned him, and then when you cut to him, it's like you as a viewer, like you connect, like oh, that's that guy he was just talking about, <laughs> and then. You see him like crush a scorpion, and you're like, "Oh, this dude is fucking
3: badass." Mm
0: -hmm. So me as like audience member, I'm like, "I know, like this is, this is, this is tight, sufficient filmmaking."
1: I just love all the badass shit that's on the table that says I'm a bad guy, Mm -hmm. like knife, wad of cash, whiskey. Out comes a scorpion. This is everyday carry. yeah this guy's a fucking he's the baddie isn't a
2: predator predator also 1987 doesn't
1: it also have a scorpion smash in it
0: i think that's a stab
1: i I think yeah okay yeah stab
0: yeah stab
1: i guess
2: some scorpion scene is in predator right
1: is nineteen eighty seven the most macho year ever? I th- that's kind of what I'm getting at, is like
0: <laughs> Is it tough a year of the Year of the Scorpion?
2: Yeah, tough dudes were killing scorpions in eighty seven.
0: I wonder if it's somebody's got- already put together a scorpion list on Letterboxd.
2: All right, oh. we're back over into the US side. Uh Zombie Squad is running a bunch of surveillance. Uh, They start tracking a guy that we just saw at Cash Bailey's compound. So this guy's kind of got like thick glasses on. Um, He seems like he, you know, delivers drugs maybe, picks up a bunch of cash in Mexico, and then takes it to a U.S. bank. I think that's kind of his M.O. We see this guy, he enters the bank, drops off a bunch of cash and notebooks into a safe deposit box. Uh, The guy who was driving him also leaves the bank, drives over to Chicken Champ, which is a a restaurant close by. He starts asking for Andy and says that he brought him a beautiful rabbit.
1: Starts asking for extra clunky,
0: bro. This guy behind the counter, I feel so sorry for. He just seems like a sweet little fast food worker and...
2: Yeah, he's kind of just, he's like, we just opened. I'm sure Andy will be here (laughs) any any minute now.
0: At least he got to, like, spend his last moments with a cute little rabbit. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, guys. Could be worse. (laughs)
1: 1987. Full Metal Jacket. Predator. Evil Dead 2. Hellraiser. RoboCop. Yeah. The Lost Boys. Prince of Darkness. The Running Man. Bad taste. Beverly Hills Cop. Blood rage. Tough year, Aqu- dude. <laughs> Aquarius stage fright. Stage fright. Aquarius. Uh, Miami connection.
4: Who uh, oh So,
0: <laughs>
3: oh.
4: <laughs> I found my father. <laughs>
1: So maybe not the machoest year ever. I don't know. It's pretty fucking. That's pretty
0: Miami Connection ends in some of the most hardcore action ever, man.
1: Mm, oh, The Living Daylights as well.
0: So uh, one of the best years in action cinema ever.
1: Mm-hmm. It's up there. Okay. Lethal Weapon as well. God damn.
2: All right, the zombie squad's still outside. Uh, Clancy Brown is a member of this group.
1: He kind of only be
2: one. He sees Jack walking in, and he basically says, "Like, and look at this big son of a bitch." Uh, says I might decide to take him on. One of the other guys says, "What do you got against cops?" Once I was hit by one, but now he's dead. You snuffed out a cop? Nah. His mother-in-law backed over him in her LTD, which is why I always like Fords. It's fucking cool, man. It's awesome. Yeah. The character building in this movie, like what they can achieve in eight lines of dialogue is like incredible.
0: Oh, each member of the Scorpion Squad is like... Zombie Squad. Sorry. What did I say? Scorpion Squad? Yeah. (laughs) Shit. Scorpions on the brain. Um. (laughs) yeah they're like very well defined like from the performance and the writing like they're all very specific nobody blends together you got Lamar from Revenge of the Nerds like trying to get pussy like right out the gate fucking William Forsythe I mean the cigar alone is enough but his language and demeanor what does he tell a woman like as long as I got a face you got a place to sit sit Yeah. yeah
2: And that's one of the least offensive things he says in this Mm -hmm. movie. (laughs) He's
1: got that cigar, man.
2: (laughs) Uh, We see Andy finally get over to the chicken champ. He kind of bends down and looks at the rabbit, and then the entire building just fucking explodes. Now, how is this guy involved in anything?
0: Uh later they mention like powers booth says something about, or maybe he was holding out from somebody like in his little exchange. So I'm guessing he's just, we haven't seen his interaction, but he's, he works for powers booth in some capacity Mm -hmm. or with him. Yeah. That's what I got.
2: I guess I was pretty unclear on it, but I guess that's the impression that I got like, this guy either stole money or, you know, I don't know, like, was doing Could some shady owed shit. Money? Yeah, s- something.
0: See, I was trying to figure out was it the bomb in the cage or was it in the rabbit?
1: I think it was in, like, the cage. Okay. You don't think, think it, was,
0: it in... was a Joker Dark Knight situation where they.
1: That's what I thought just based
0: okay. off
2: watching it that the bomb was in the rabbit.
1: How do you put a bomb in a rabbit? Yeah. Well, we didn't
2: see, we didn't see the cell phone start ringing.
0: <laughs> Fill me with bright light.
2: <laughs> we cut over to Jack, he's shaking down some drug runner. He wants this guy to go across the border and deliver a message to Cash Bailey. Uh, He wants to meet him at noon at their old hunting spot. Bailey and Jack arrive at the meet. A couple of Bailey's goons try to intimidate Jack. Uh, One of these guys is Tiny Lister. The other guy says, like, hey, do you recognize him from Monday Night Football? He was an all-star. And says, I believe it. Tiny Lister says, I hurt my knee.
0: Yeah, it looks like he hurt your head. (laughs) Why would you admit that? Like, if you're trying to be a tough guy, why would you admit your weakness?
1: He's got a bum knee.
0: Yeah. I guess
2: that's, like, why he's doing this instead of
0: still playing football. Okay. (laughs) Baby, it's probably safer. I mean, he's probably getting fewer concussions Mm -hmm. working for a drug cartel. guess it it ends worse for him
2: but
3: that's true (laughs) we'll get there
2: bailey and jack meet up uh cash bailey's kind of like hey dude we could we could be working together like there's a lot of money to be made in this thing uh but jack's a hard-nosed texas ranger he's like no never gonna do it uh and then he kind of tries to talk cash bailey out of You know, leaving his whole operation behind.
0: He's giving him out.
2: Yeah. Kind of like we could just go across the border right now together, you know, I'll take care of you, that kind of thing. Cash asks how Sarita's doing. Then he kinda says, like, I wish I'd married her when I had the chance. So looks like this lady's been involved with both these characters at some point. Uh, neither man is willing to budge and cash just kind of sums it up. He says, I think the next time we see each other, we're going to have a killing. Cut back over to the zombie squad. Uh, they're down at the unemployment office, Mm -hmm. scorpion squad, whatever you want to call them. (laughs) They're down at a unemployment office couple of these guys start trading some extremely choice words with each other and that results in a fight inside the building we find out this was all a diversion though uh, so they can get arrested and set up some mics and relay all the firepower that's in the Texas Ranger building
0: it was like Forsyth's character being as just as vulgar as he is it was kind of cool how professional he was as soon as he starts relaying that Intel.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: I thought that was you know you can you then believe while he why he is part of the zombie squad you know
2: Yeah, I mean these guys are all like pros at what they do. Mm-hmm. N- nobody is like a a dumbass in this movie, <laughs> which is nice. Their driver kind of sucks.
1: But <laughs> yeah, he <laughs> got a little too pedal to the metal, you know.
0: Eh, yeah, it may not have helped having William Forsythe riding shotgun. Calling an F word, yeah.
2: <laughs> oh, we'll get there. I love the scene where he's just like screaming at him in yeah. the car, though. <laughs> All right, back inside the bank, Ironside Michael Ironside, who's kind of the leader of the entire zombie squad operation. Uh, He's gone in, he's scoping out the bank. He comes out and reports um, the amount of tellers that are there, security in the building, the location of the vaults, the camera setup. Kind of ends this by saying the bad news is all the vaults are on a timer, so we're either going to have to blast into the building at night or it's got to be a daytime hit.
0: Kron, when you you picked this movie last week Mm -hmm. or announced it and went on, uh, you sort of unveiled the cast. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's a fucking who's who of badass voices. Like Powers Booth, Nick Nolte, Clancy Brown, William Forsythe, Rip Torn. Like all of these guys have such specific voices and I don't think you get that anymore. Like this obviously like smoker drinker voice from these guys that also took acting super seriously, like as much as they are fucking macho dudes that like Michael Ironside obviously did some sort of theater and shit as a child. Right. Because he like the way he can project without losing like enunciation is incredible, particularly in in these scenes when he's like arguing back and forth with Clancy Brown I think is so great. You can just close your eyes and like Michael Irons. I I wish he would do fucking like audio books, you know?
2: Well, I think too, just having like all the people in this movie, um, like none of them are, I guess by today's standards, like good looking leading men. Like everyone looks like a hard ass, like Texas, you know, (laughs) Fucking yeah. burnout or something. Um and I think that has kind of gone away too. Like having character actors that fit the role. I feel like if you cast this movie now, everyone would have like a fucking eight pack and mm-hmm. be on that fucking Marvel training system.
1: Yeah, nobody this. would be old. Er. Yeah.
0: Nobody would be older. Or even if they were older, they would be they'd be sixty but looking forty. Yeah. yeah. You know, and there might be one out of shape person on the zombie squad and it's like a joke right but excellent point you lose a richness to it then it's just it's just gone yeah
2: i mean even like rip torn's character i mean rip torn i mean compared to the other people in this movie which granted they're all like six five at least but i mean rip torn is like kind of an average height I would say, like, slightly heavier guy. And at no point in this movie do I believe that he's not a badass, you know? It's kind of like, I feel like now you would just cast somebody that's, you know, fucking chiseled and shit. So.
1: Yeah, but do, do we love this rip torn character because we yes. can walk out? I mean, we do. We can walk out our door tomorrow and run into a guy that fucking talks like that or acts like that. I mean, where I'm at. Yeah, I can't for
0: sure. For sure. You can, there's
1: yeah, like, I there know dudes that throughout like this movie. say that shit. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah,
2: but I guess, I mean, that gives the role like some validity that doesn't exist in movies anymore, you know?
0: Yeah. Or it only exists in like fucking tar you know yeah, like it's it's not years. in any sort of lower level action movie like you said Cron is just going to be guys that did the f- they we worked for 6 months on the choreography and i got super ripped and ate the fucking chicken and rice diet you know and but have zero charisma and yeah. these guys all come come at this with like the physicality comes after the performance like after the demeanor or whatever. I mean, obviously physicality is in said performance, but you know,
1: well, look at like army Jeez. of the dead. Like you could, you have that whole cast. Like what if these dudes were an army? Oh, dear, that'd have been fucking- oh yeah. Yeah. It'd yeah. be a million times fucking better. Awesome,
4: yeah. yeah. Right.
2: All right. We cut over to Jack and rip torn. They're going over the whole cash Bailey situation. Um, We get some more backstory here about how Cash and Jack have a connection to each other. Seems like they were best buds at one point, hung out all the time, dated the same girls, uh, even smoked some dirt weed together. And this blows Rip Torn's mind.
1: Mm -hmm. What? Yeah, he's like, I never caught you, boys. (laughs) Yeah, you got past me. We would have never let you catch us.
2: Jump over to Jack in bed with Sarita. Um, she kind of asked, like, how did it go with Cash? He said his piece. I said mine. And then he's kind of like, how do you even know about that? She's like, word spread cr- pretty quick. Uh, Shiasco asked, did he say anything about me? And Nick Nolte just kind of blows this off. Like, no, I didn't say anything. You never came up.
0: Well, she... She says that she finds out because they roughed up another Mexican, right? And, like, word travels fast. Yeah. I guess which that, I thought, I don't know if that's offensive or not, but I like that. I like that nugget that, in you know, inside that the culture down there, you know, that there's, like, a Mexican bond, which I thought was kind of cool.
2: Yeah, like a whole kind of separate, you know, they've got their own communities and stuff. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Uh, Sarita is pissed at this point. She goes to take a shower. Um, she's kind of honestly like mad at this point that Cash didn't say anything about her. She reminds me.
1: Yeah. yeah, if I was uh, if I was Jack here, I'd be like, yeah, you can get to stepping.
4: It,
0: on I second think, watch,
2: go ahead. Oh, I think Rip Torn kind of addresses it at one point in the movie, though, where he's just like. You know she was with Cash before she was with you. Like, you can't really hold that against her.
0: I was wondering how much, because on the second watch, I was trying to watch this because, like, how how much is she to blame for sort of fueling the argument, you know? Mm-hmm. Or, like, this this bad blood between them. And I wonder how much of it was... I can't believe he didn't say anything about me as much as it was. I can't believe that you aren't admitting that he would have said something about me because you know, I was with him and I want you to accept that I'm with you now. So you having to like hide that he said something about me is upsetting, you know, just, I don't know. I was trying to look for the subtext there of that. And I don't know if that really does exist. Because even at the, like, where she eventually goes towards the end, I'm kind of like, you're just as fucking crazy as these two. So shut the fuck up.
4: Mm -hmm.
2: I think it's a good point, though. Like, she would probably know that these two at least discussed her in some capacity. (laughs) And it is kind of like, it's not an issue that, um, I don't, it's like the issue is that you're not addressing it more than, you know, having the conversation. So, yeah, I get that.
1: Does she like this, though? Is, does she secretly like that both of these dudes are talking about her? I think
2: she secretly likes Cash Bailey more than she likes Nick Nolte. Like, Cash is the nah. exciting guy. Nick Nolte is, like, the stable...
0: You know, like this He's, is a normal kind of life. But how much is Jack responsible for that? Because she said multiple times, like, I tell you, I love you. Where is this going? Like, you're keeping me on the hook to an extent. Like, if he would commit a little bit more, would she be able to sort of drop the Cash situation? But right. but that's a good point that Cash is the exciting one who's not complaining about the morality of his job. You know, um, I don't know. And the fact that she's a singer and a an, an artist, I'm sure there's like you know an element of desire in that, like you were saying. But
4: well, it's we done well.
0: The triangles done well. Like you, I I buy that she could see both of these men as potential partners.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, we all know what happens to her in the future. She gets thrown into a game show,
0: yeah and she fucking hooks up with the greatest human that ever lived so
1: yeah I mean, I it mean it she works
0: up- out she for upgrades her. yeah all right
2: Jack goes back into work he starts yelling uh basically out to this little deputy guy I I didn't I don't know who this actor is, but he pops up a lot in this movie, and he's pretty like funny every time he comes in. He's,
0: he the guy loves his job, man. Mm-hmm. Loves working for old Jack.
2: Uh, but Jack yells at this guy. He's like, "Can someone find out where Chub Luke's mother lives?" <laughs> it's like real I'm working on it. <laughs> yeah. This deputy is it- Merv. It's another one of those guys where it's like you've probably seen him in. Mm-hmm. A dozen movies.
0: Is this where he then comes in and he says, Oh, she lives just past John so and so's place? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. I love, so I love that I love that small town direction of like it's no street. I'm not giving you the street or whatever, it's just just on the right after so and so's house.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, so this this deputy comes in, he's kinda like, Hey, here's where uh the the Luke family lives Uh, But he also mentions that it seems like there's some new smuggler that's been spotted over at Arturo's place. So, Jack and Rip, they hop in a truck. Looks like some kind of Bronco or something, Gen 2. Looks awesome. Yeah, looks fucking cool as hell. Uh, Rip's talking about the old days where people used to just be running weed. Um, They were, like, easy to deal with. You know, if you arrested them, they'd thank you for helping him out. Uh, But he's like, not anymore. These guys now, they get wired and they stay wired. Uh, Jack and Rip are also being followed by a couple members of the zombie squad. It seems like they're kind of working up a report on Jack. They think they might have to deal with him on this bank robbery thing. All right. Jack and Rip arrive at Arturo's place. Arturo says, hey, there's four Americans inside. He thinks they might be mules. Um, And then he also mentions one of these guys is going by the name Chubb. Jack and Rip have this really cool scene here where he's kind of like, you're not just planning to walk in there, are you? And he's like, I've known Chubb since the third grade. Um, But he's like, yeah, but you also fucking killed his brother. So, you know.
0: (laughs) I think he says, hell, I'm going to go in there and have a beer with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh,
2: but Jack thinks wiser of this. He says, I'm going to go around the back. Rip's kind of like, I'll watch the front with Arturo. And I think, like, this is just a little touch, but he's like, Arturo, you stay where I can see you. Like, we don't fucking trust you either, dude. So, um, and then up above on a hill, the zombie squad is, like, watching this through binoculars Jack's sneaking around the back. When do you know it? Goddamn ambush. Uh, Rip sees this first. He kind of calls out. And then it's on, man. Like, bullets just start flying. Uh, Rip torn, gets smoked. Gone too soon from this movie. (laughs) R.I.P., baby.
4: Yeah.
0: Great squibs. mm -hmm. Great editing on this. You you know placement. It's very... There's a lot of fast reloads. Just a few frames of, of guns firing. I thought it... Super effective.
1: That's so great. Well, he's going back, reaching into the Bronco, getting his bullets out of his pouch. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, man, those little small touches are fucking great. Mm -hmm. Well, and just even
2: having Nick Nolte, um, he's got like a, I don't know, like a lever action rifle that he uses Mm -hmm. all the time. And just seeing him fucking, you know, chamber a new round, like chamber, shoot, chamber, shoot. It's like really,
0: I don't know, like visually appealing in this movie. It's such a, I know I'm the action guy of the three of us and I love this stuff, but I also have a, like a real life hesitancy towards firearms and things, you know, I try not to idolize them too much. I think there's a time and a place in movies are that place, right? But there, there is just something so visceral about that lever action, like, in in the Western context, it's just all like sure being like a fucking quick draw with a six gun is fucking cool, but in all the classic stories of the sharpshooters with the lever action, like I, there's just something that is just so cinematic, and that it, as soon when you see him pumping those in, like the the rounds in, you know they seem so small, but like how effective a lever action can be, I I just I fucking love. You know, so that's definitely what I would have on my horse, I think. I think I'd want to be the, you know, call me Remington or some shit, you know. (laughs) Remington, the the Remington kid, because I'm.
1: You want me to bring my Henry to uh, the butt strip? I don't know.
2: Can we shoot out there? It looks kind of like a populated area. (laughs) We'll be all right. All right, Chubb emerges from the Do you bar.
0: guys have favorite movie guns? Like, do you have, like, a, hey, I oh, love Des- whenever you see that? Desert like-
1: Eagle, Point five i
2: I mean, the repeating rifle is cool. Uh, it's hard to beat, like, a pump shotgun, you know, laying waste to somebody.
1: Yeah. I was going to say, that shotgun to that dude's foot, oh, my God, it looks like it. Fucking, that looked terrible.
0: Yeah. I mean, is the RoboCop gun is the best gun ever, right? The little like,
2: sidearm that he's got that fits in his leg. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool.
0: <laughs> I mean, Terminator's fucking grenade launcher Oh, is dope. I mean, the chain gun. So I,
2: I did go see um, Assault on Precinct 13 oh, yeah. in the theater. And there is this it's like a really short part of the movie. Uh, but when the, when the precinct starts getting swarmed by gang members, like the first time they're holding it off, um, there's a part where, uh, Napoleon, he gets that shotgun and he like slam fires it where it's like, you basically hold the trigger down and you're just like pumping in a new round through the slide. It -hmm. looks fucking cool as hell, dude. Like, it looks so goddamn cool in that movie.
0: I take it movie held up, yeah.
2: Oh, yeah. It looked fucking awesome. The craziest part was like I felt like at the beginning of the, especially at the beginning of the movie, I think they were in the theater like running the audio hot and so that that theme song just kicks in over the credits. Yeah. And it was like fucking blasting out of the speakers. It was pretty pretty great. That's cool.
4: Yeah.
1: Nice.
2: All right, where am I? Uh, Chubb emerges from the bar. He yells, it's payback time, Jack. They kind of get Jack pinned down behind a Chevy, I think. Uh, All these guys got, they have like M16s and shit, and Jack is just working with like a lever action rifle and a pistol. Chubb kind of yells out to a guy like, he's over that way, you know, move on him. Some goon sneaks around, but Jack uh kind of lays down under the truck and just blows this guy's foot off. <laughs> Looks incredible.
0: Um, is that Mickey Jones? Last week on Streets of Fire, I went a little crazy with with actor fucking filmographies. But is the the brother here doing the ambush? Is that um, Mickey Jones that just died? Oh, I don't know. I say just died. He probably died five or ten years ago. He was on home improvement and shit. I think he was did he drum yeah. with the. N-
2: Mickey Jones playing Chubb Luke.
0: So, yeah. Yep. did he drum with Bob Dylan yep. and shit? Total recalls where I just saw him. Yep.
1: He's in
3: um not <clears> the <throat> name.
1: And ten cup.
0: Story of your life, right, Dan? Getting hammered.
1: Eight o'clock in the morning. Playing best little, the best little whorehouse in Texas. And drop zone. Which, oh fuck yeah! Parachute. Surprise bone has bones hasn't picked yet. I'm sure it's on a list. Oh my god, what is? All right, keep going.
2: All right, so this guy gets his foot blown off. Uh, Jack does pop up, kind of pumps a couple rounds into his chest. When you know it, he's basically like out of available ammo at this point. Uh, But Chubb and the other guy, they just kind of get in a a truck and take off. Um, They're driving up the road. They run right into these zombie squad guys. They're kind of planning to rob these two, take their... I, I would imagine kill them and take their station wagon. Uh, but, you know, these guys are hardcore military. They make quick work of Chubb and his buddy.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: Oh, and the the one guy just, like, pulls a fucking Uzi out of his jacket yeah. and shoots Chubb.
0: And th- that the fucking machete that the one dude pulls out is... <laughs> three times the size of an average movie machete. Like, mm-hmm. it, what do you call those, like, Arabian fucking scepters? Like, those curved blades, you know what I'm talking about? Oh, like a
2: scimitar or something? Yeah.
1: <laughs> Is that dude... Okay, yeah, we just covered That's Mickey Jones. Wasn't he on um, Roseanne as well?
0: probably to, he probably, looks like he'd he probably right fucking worked at the bike shop with Dan.
2: <laughs> All right. A bunch of Rangers show up at the crime scene. Um, one guy picks up a bunch of shells and he's like, Hey, we're going to send these off to Austin. Right. And Jack kind of grabs a handful of them. He's like, send that half to Austin. I want to keep these ones. Uh, he's kind of looking at them. He's like, they've got some weird markings. Cut back over to the ranger station. Uh, Ironside, he basically introduces himself to Jack at this point. He says, hey, I'm with the DEA. Uh, We're leading a task force down here. We kind of want to work with you guys. And Jack's like, no, fuck that. (laughs) Like, Pick up a phone and call somebody. Um, Stay out
1: of my way, basically. Tell the FBI to kiss my ass.
0: How does the Texas Ranger situation work? Like, did they have, like, is there one Ranger, like, per county or something? Like, because I couldn't tell if his office was a Texas Ranger office or if he just was, like, stationed in. Like, were all those other guys Rangers or were they deputies? And I also didn't know who was a Border Patrol agent either, but. It seems like he's got pretty much free reign of his territory, right? Like he's he's the guy.
2: Yeah, I almost get the impression that it's like if you're a ranger, you're like top dog, and they maybe just say like, hey, here's a bunch of normal police guys or border patrol, like they report to you, essentially.
0: Okay. Seems like a cool gig. I'm sure it's a coveted position.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: It is just like a Texas thing, though,
0: right? Like, when the eyes of the ranger are upon you.
1: Isn't that kind of just like another branch of sheriff?
2: Yeah, I guess. I I mean, I guess they have to go through some kind of additional training or something.
0: Because that's where the ranger's going to be.
1: Apparently, we're pretty popular in Texas right now. So if anybody is a Texas Ranger, please join the Discord and Mm -hmm. let us know.
0: Jack goes over to kind of Uh, like Did you know the Texas Rangers are also known as Los Diablos Tejanos?
1: What does that mean? (laughs) The Texas Devils? That's the baseball team. It's
2: probably exclusively Texas Rangers. Law enforcement <laughs> agency squad. with
0: statewide jurisdiction. Okay. Cool.
2: Uh, Jack winds up over at kind of like a mariachi club. Sarita is up there on the stage. She's singing.
0: Good singer, man. Mm-hmm.
1: She did her own uh, her own uh, song here. She's really singing in this scene.
0: I believe it. Jack grabs a beer. Ain't no Super Bowl halftime show.
1: (laughs) That's all about the devil, man. What are you talking about?
0: Bunch Bunch of of Los Diablos Tejanos.
2: (laughs) Jack grabs a beer. He sits down at a booth. Uh, Ironside joins him at the bar. Jack's kind of like, I didn't fucking tell you to sit down, dude. I'm pretty particular on who I drink with.
1: (laughs) That's a good one.
2: (laughs) Ironside's kind of like, cut the shit, dude. Like, I need your help. You need my help. Let's just fucking do this thing. Ironside says, I've got friends in Washington. They can help. Jack's kind of like a bunch of fat-ass bureaucrats fluffing their duffs. (laughs) Like,
1: no, thank you. It's a pretty conservative uh, rant that he goes on right here. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
2: And I love it. But Ironside is kind of like, hey, I can actually help you here. You know, if you kind of help me with what I'm doing, anything that you want to send up will be top priority. Like, I'll make sure it gets done. Jack comes around. He's kind of he basically says everything that's happening right now is because of Cash Bailey and his operation. Jack also hands over a few of the shell casings. Um, He's like, I found these at the crime scene. I've never seen markings like this before. Um, If you can let me know where they came from, that would be helpful. Ironside's like, I can get it for you in 24 hours. He's like, All right, do it in 24. That'll fucking impress me. Uh, Sarita comes up to Jack. She heard that Riptorn died. Um, so she's kind of like, you know, I'm really sorry. I know he was important to you. Uh, and she kind of tries to get Jack to like talk about it, but he's like, I'm not going to talk about it. I got to do something about it.
1: I can't. I got to do something about it. (laughs) Such a man like reaction to that, that, this whole thing.
4: Yeah. Mm hmm.
2: Also, at this point, Sarita again brings up Cash Bailey. Jack just cuts her off. He's like, we can't keep doing this shit right now. You, me, and Cash, this is going to get too complicated. Cut back over to the ranger station. Uh, The zombie squad guys are getting bailed out. Um, Whenever they get out to the car, the driver fills everyone in that a decision has been made. It is going to be a daylight hit, so they're going to have to go through with this robbery. Broad daylight. Cash Bailey arrives in Texas. He's fucking crossed the border, dudes. Taking a
1: huge risk. Nobody can catch that helicopter.
0: Yeah, man. (laughs) Solid helicopter pilot.
1: Mm -hmm. He does nothing wrong that Uh I witnessed. That's the guy's feelings.
2: I mean, that's the guy you get day one. You know, you get a good helicopter pilot, you can fucking go anywhere.
1: Hey, man, how much drugs have you flown across the border?
0: Yeah, you're hired. A good helicopter pilot wouldn't give a shit. All he cares about is weight.
2: Mm-hmm. How much does it weigh? How much do
1: you weigh?
0: <laughs> yeah, that's the information he wants. How much do you weigh? What's in the? Like, how much is in the bag? I don't give a fuck.
1: Kilos, pounds, whatever. Mm-hmm.
0: I worked with Landis.
1: <laughs> I, can,
2: I can do anything.
1: <sighs> I wasn't up in Waco. <laughs> uh,
2: Jack goes and finds... Or, sorry, Cash finds Sarita. He convinces her to leave with him. Cut over to Jack and that deputy again. They're checking out the shells. Uh, Ironside comes in. He's kind of like, maybe I can help. It's 9.3 mil. These are from West Germany. They're special, but they're not that special. I think Jack at this point is kind of like, so we can at least connect cash to like foreign bought arms and weaponry.
4: Mm Mm-hmm.
2: Cut back over to the zombie squad. Um, Ironside is kind of like, okay, this hit's going to go down at the bank. We got to make this look like a civilian job. Everything has to work on a schedule. And when your job is done, you kind of like ring in on these beepers that we have. Uh, I think it's also set up that like once the job starts, they can't have any communication that can be tracked.
0: Yeah, it does kind of give them like fight club sort of rules. Like once it starts, shut the fuck up.
2: Mm-hmm. Radio
1: silence.
2: Yeah. And guys, I think this might be a decent time to take a pee break. Cool. Oh, hell yeah.
0: Hey, Dan.
1: Hey, Bones.
0: Why don't we take a quick minute to uh, tell our listener about our Discord
1: Oh, it's it's a wonderful place. Um, you can connect with us, tell us we're wrong, tell us we're stupid, and voice your opinion about the episodes that we share. Or just tell us how great we yeah. are. That would work, too. Yeah, uh,
0: you know. We, we'd really like that. We don't want our podcast to be a one-way street, so you want to connect with us if you've liked the first half of Extreme Prejudice so far? You know? Find us, you can find me on Twitter, you can find Dan on Instagram. Hit us up, we'll send that link over.
1: Five Day Rentals. Talk to us direct.
0: It's the one place that you'll be able to talk to Kron, and if you're lucky, maybe he'll christen you with one of those beautiful Jamie Lee Curtis point memes.
3: It
1: is a classic. Oh, Kron's
0: here too. Kron, we're just filling the listener in on our beautiful Discord. It's small but mighty.
4: Mm Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, it's a good time over there. Uh it truly is the only place you can contact me so, he's so find me he's
1: there
0: he's so elusive mhm
1: and if you think extreme prejudice is a terrible movie you could tell him that mhm uh but you'd be fucking wrong so
0: <laughs> all right Kron, let's get back to the show
2: All right, guys. Uh, I think that was enough of a fill-in on what's happened already. <laughs> yeah. If if you're just now joining, uh, the plot is too complicated. Go back and listen to <laughs> the first half. That'll fill you in on what's happening in this thing.
0: I, I I would challenge anybody if you could explain the plot in three sentences. Drop that in our Discord. Crown would appreciate mm-hmm. it. He's he's losing sleep.
2: Yeah. I had to write the notes for this thing, and you want to make a one hour and 45 minute movie take four and a half hours? <laughs> Try to write down the plot for this. All right, the bank hit starts. Uh, one guy kind of boosts, like, I think it's a hydrogen truck is what it looks like, is
1: printed printed on the front of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when it takes off, it says, uh, yeah.
2: He takes this thing, drives it into an old metal building, just blows it sky high. Explosion looks great. Great explosions
1: in this whole thing. Mm-hmm. They
0: couldn't have figured out a better way to aim that truck and sort of hit the accelerator without having to do that fucking death roll out of it. Yeah, he
2: does just kind of seem to gun it Yeah, he I mean, couldn't jump throw
0: out. a brick on the accelerator and just move out of the way real quick.
2: That looks cool though I guess mm-hmm. uh, A bunch of cops end up leaving the station They're trying to check out What the hell's going on out there As that's going on Another zombie squad member Cuts all the phone lines That run into the police station So now they're without communication
1: Donna Lee Is your phone working? <laughs>
2: Couple other guys from Zombie Squad, uh, they're hauling ass through some back dirt roads. But the driver <laughs> takes a turn a little too hard, and they kind of like roll off an embankment. They're fucking stuck. It,
1: is that? Is it a LeBaron that they're driving? I'm pretty sure it's a Chrysler it's a, something. It's a Chrysler yeah. something. I thought Chrysler did make LeBaron, did they not?
3: Yeah. Do you have a LeBaron? Totally wrong. <laughs> I only see one might LeBaron, totally wrong Freddy. On that. <laughs>
0: This is like when uh, Danny Duck and I, I, I say I, I was the one driving, uh, were leaving school and I took a turn a little too fast in inclement uh, weather and sort of fell off into a ditch. And I just started yelling at Danny like, get out, fucking push, dude. And uh, yeah, he had to help me. I ended up, uh, I did not know that I ran over a, uh, a yield sign. I just like bent it perfect And it went right into the snow And my old home economics teacher Lived right in front of the ditch uh, She took down my license plate Called the cops There was a fucking APB out on me I got home my mom's like where have you been I had to drive fucking down to the narc. Fucking police station at 1am Yeah
2: what a fucking Narc yeah. ass, dude
0: mm-hmm. <laughs>
2: had, Was this had, with the sunbird Yeah
0: this is a Pontiac sunbird <laughs> There's no there's no Chrysler <laughs> LeBaron.
2: Well, you you got to drive a car like that fast though. I mean,
0: Oh
1: yeah. Uh what did joined- the cops say?
0: Uh he wanted to know why I just drove off and I had to say, "Well, I sir, the sign obviously was buried in the uh fucking embankment of snow. I didn't see it." Like I was panicking because I thought my car was all messed up. My friend got me out. I thought we were good. I didn't realize that I ran over the sign which I I honestly can't tell you if I knew at the time that I ran over a sign or not I really did not know I was genuinely just so like
3: fucking push dude that's what I would have yeah. said prove it How do so you know, I, had I had to go to court
0: and explain to the like the basically the judge like hey I will pay whatever to replace the sign like I, I just did not realize like, cause they wanted to book me for like fleeing a scene and destruction of of all this shit So I ended up having to pay like 400 bucks
1: It's a sign on the side Of the fucking road Don't they know that those are gonna be ran well, over Well they had
0: to pay the fucking street crew To go out there and replace the sign Like, oh, it, There's repercussions for it shit. I I, I did the deed I gotta You know it's, I guess
2: That's how it works You could have been like the sign was already down That's what I would have said I didn't even do that Didn't even see it Somebody else hit it.
0: Yeah, I guess like it
1: was inclement weather. How would how do you know that somebody else didn't slide off in that same spot? I'm throwing but the book at like, you, Judge. There's already tire marks when I before I slid in there. I, I <sighs> did yell kangaroo court. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> you can't handle the truth. I, I couldn't do a a, a Pacino because the the kid in front of me did. Did that already. So. <laughs> hoo-ah, hoo-ah. And then the girl after me yelled Attica. It was. <laughs> oh, shit. A little Pacino sandwich there. On my court date.
3: <laughs> She's got a big old ass, Judge. And you're all up in it.
2: All right. Over at the bank, the robbery has started. Uh, the remainder of the zombie crew, they've thrown on some masks. They enter the bank. They start robbing the place, dressed as cops.
0: Uh, Don't think for a a second I did not think about buying some pantyhose for this record. Ironside's teeth sticking out.
2: (laughs) That's ridiculous. Yeah, his whole upper lip is like flipped up into the (laughs) pantyhose. (laughs) It looks fucking awesome. (laughs) And he like can't really talk right (laughs) because... (laughs) <laughs> All right, but he, he takes the bank manager into the vault and he's he only wants Bailey's box opened. Uh the guys at the car, they finally get it unstuck. They head into town towards the bank. Uh back over at the bank. <laughs> yep. Jesus. Uh, what a look. Bones is then. pulled up. Uh Ironside's fucking a lip yeah. stuck in that mask.
1: <laughs> Michael Iron and cool uh nylon cool
3: nylon stock. <laughs> All right. That
1: might be the uh the Instagram picture.
0: <laughs> All right. Sorry, current.
2: All right, uh, let's see. Back at the bank, the guy who's like the money courier for Cash Bailey arrives. Uh, there is kind of a weird little thing where he just walks into the bank and everyone is laying on the ground mm-hmm. and he doesn't yell, like, what the fuck is happening? Um, but one of the zombie squad guys just, you know, knocks him out with a pistol in the back of the head. Uh, they also take the two suitcases that he had brought with him. The guy who drove Bailey's uh, cash courier, he kind of is outside in the truck. He sees all this shit going down. He grabs a gun and approaches uh, just as one of the guys carrying the briefcases out of the bank steps out. So that guy gets smoked. Uh, the The car that got stuck was supposed to take out the driver, so they have now failed to get to their mark on time rest of the zombie squad they run out of the bank lay waste to that driver Jack makes it to the bank just as the zombie squad is leaving he's able to catch up to um, the guy who you know drove the car that got fucked up yeah
0: it's Forsyth and Cocker is that his name is that the driver's name?
1: Don't know. Um, it's a yeah. It's Cocker. Okay. Matt Mulhern, Sergeant Staff Sergeant Patrick Coker. Was he on Major Dad? <laughs> so
2: Jack's caught up. He arrests these two. Over in prison, Jack wants the prints from these guys sent to the FBI. Pool of the day,
1: boats, Yep. (laughs)
2: Uh, The deputy comes back in. He's like, hey, we we ran those shell casings through Austin. They came back as army issue. He's kind of like, so I guess that DEA guy made a mistake. (laughs) And Jack's kind of like, yeah, I'm sure he did. You fucking dumbass. A couple of the zombie squad guys are uh, hashing it out. The tech guy is kind of like, man, this job was fucked up from the beginning. The timeline was way too tight.
4: Mm -hmm. Uh,
2: Clancy's kind of like, yeah, you know, I really like the guy that we lost, but, you know, this is kind of the shit that we've gotten ourselves
0: into. They really put a lot on Clancy to be the one to say, like, do your job, soldier. He gets mm -hmm. a lot of those little, like, bonery sort of lines, but he still delivers them well.
2: Back at the jail, the records have started coming back. Uh, They find out these two guys they got in the cells, uh, they were in the army, and they're both reported dead. Wait, what? (laughs) Huh?
4: Huh?
2: Jack goes over to Sarita's club She's not there The bartender's like She went with some old friend to Mexico
3: Guy Jack left fucking Bailey. Dead
0: scorpion on the bar
4: mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> Jack arrives home Ironside is there waiting for him uh, He's like Alright dude we we should probably clear the air At this point <laughs> He kind of lays it out that the zombie squad is trying to get to Cash Bailey. Um, They think that he's been stockpiling cash and a bunch of documents at this bank. Um, And he also tells them, like, turns out up until a few years ago, Cash Bailey was the FBI's top informant in Mexico until he decided to set up his own empire. He's got a lot of evidence against the government, and they basically are down there to shut him up.
0: I follow this. Mm-hmm. And then they add another layer. It's
2: it's a lot of plot, but yeah. it's like, I don't know. It's never too crazy that you like lose track of it, you know? Mhm. It's just a lot. <laughs> Uh, Ironside is kind of like, Hey dude, we got to go to Mexico. Um, let those two guys out of jail. And if you do that, I'll give you 30 minutes alone with cash Bailey. Jack's like, that's all I ever wanted. (laughs) Like that'll give me enough time to take care of that fucker
1: and confess my love to him. Mm -hmm.
2: Jack goes over to the station, tells that much
1: director's cut. It was weird. (laughs) Oh shit the extra
2: 45 minutes are in there. <laughs> yeah. That'd be
0: fucking cool to see, dude. I just want more of Ironside in those cool nylon stockings. <laughs> <laughs> Jack tells that
2: deputy to go home. Um, he goes over to the guys in lockup. He's like, Hey, I got a call from your boss. We're all going to Mexico. Jack and the squad. They slipped down to Mexico. It looks like they went by public transport. (laughs) They're just on like a fucking bus
1: with a bunch of. Can't stand out, dude. You got to blend in. I guess so. I mean,
0: a helicopter. You couldn't get a helicopter? Cash Bailey's bought all of them. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) He owns the skies.
2: Uh, there's a weird little scene here where Ironside is like addressing the zombie squad of like, Hey, here's, here's the new mission. Now we're going to take out cash Bailey. Uh, he's kind of like, does anybody have a problem with what happened? And the tech guy is like, yeah, dude, you fucked up the last operation. (laughs) Uh, and then Ironside is like, shut the fuck up, dude. (laughs) Like fall in line. I don't even know why he asked for their opinions on, you know, the previous mission, if this was going to be his response.
0: I think it does, it, it adds counter to what you find out later, I think.
1: This also goes into, should we kill Nolte, right? Jack. Yeah, so that...
0: Yeah, he reveals that, too, that basically anybody that's down there, fucking. Is this the title line?
2: Yeah. Coming so, up. So at this point, Ironside is kind of like, all right, so going forward on this part of the mission, there are no friendlies outside of this group, like the people that are in this room. Um, all the other guys kind of speak up and they're like, dude, the ranger is a friendly, like. He's an honest dude. He's trying to catch the same guy we're trying to catch. Um but Ironside says we need to complete this mission as I've stated. And he says, act with extreme prejudice. That's the name of the movie, guys.
1: <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, yes. Take a shot, dudes. Take a shot.
0: Great fucking title, by the way. Mm-hmm. Was it the original title, Dan?
1: I believe so. Um he also wrote, uh, what's his name? Milius. Milius also wrote it in uh, Apocalypse Now as well. So
0: <laughs> I'll never not laugh at your pronunciation of that. So please keep doing it.
1: Apocalypse Now? Mm-hmm. Uh,
2: all the zombie squad, they're kind of taking, you know, reconnaissance at this point. Um, Ironside is kind of mapping out where all the like machine gun turrets around Cash Bailey's compound are, like points of entry, all that kind of like planning the operation shit.
0: Did it seem like all the turrets were facing the fucking, (laughs) like, safe house? I guess they, I mean, I'm sure they could swivel, but they all seem, they always seem to be aimed in that 180 towards the compound.
2: Mm -hmm. I'm sure they're capable of spinning in a,
1: Perfect 360. <laughs> well, they did have an Independence Day celebration going on. Maybe somebody's going to get wild and they could open up on him.
2: Jack arrives and confronts Cash. He's kind of like, hey, dude, I'm down here to get Sarita back. At this point, Cash is like, dude, good. You can take her. <laughs> We've not been getting along so well.
1: This was not fun.
0: <laughs> is this uh, the I'm calling you out line? At this part, Nolte basically says, I'm, "I'm I'm calling you out, Cash." I don't know. I liked it. It was like, oh, this is like super fucking old school western.
2: Yeah, I can't remember if that's this part or like just a little bit ahead. Okay. Uh, At this point, Cash is kind of like, hand over your gun. Um, We'll keep, you know, we'll keep it safe for you. That's the only way I'm going to let you in to see Sarita. Jack's kind of like, I always thought it was bad policy giving up a gun, but, you know, he reluctantly agrees to do it. At this point, Cash and Jack are just kind of jabber-jawing, like they're just talking back and forth. Um, they're arguing kind of about who fucked up their friendship along the way. And then Cash has had enough and just shoots one of his goons right in the head.
0: And I like Every- that guy
2: really did. Yeah. Everybody kind of freaks out and he's like, that guy's account was short. Like you don't build an empire by, by letting people get away with shit. Hey, Now I want to hear some fucking music. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, now, so who is sweatier in this scene of the three sitting at this table? I mean, they are...
1: I, Nolte. I,
0: ...fucking soaked.
2: I want to say Sarita, but maybe just because we can see more of her skin. Like, Okay. The other guy's got those fucking long-sleeve shirts. Cash Bailey's wearing a goddamn suit through yeah. this thing.
1: Nulty's shirt, you can see like, when he walks in, it's just already like halfway drenched. I was like, God, is it was like 110 that day.
0: Yeah. I mean, how much of that is just the set was naturally fucking hot and how much of that was the little gr- glycerin spray or whatever that they put on actors? <laughs> like
2: I could imagine Walter Hill being like, I found the perfect place. It's we're filming in July and there's no air
0: conditioning. Death Valley. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Nobody gets air in their trailers. <laughs>
0: It's a good way to lose 50 pounds, I guess.
2: Yeah, he he might have started 50 pounds slimmer and came out 70 pounds slimmer. Yeah. Uh, all the zombie squad is getting into place. Jack's running out of time, essentially. He, like, he sees uh, Forsyth come into the bar that he's at, kind of goes over to talk to him, and he's like, dude, what's going on? Forsyth says there's been a change in orders. Everything's been moved up 15 minutes. Uh, We've been told to shoot you on site, but that doesn't set well with a bunch of us. Uh, When the shooting starts, you just keep your head down.
0: I really like this, man. I really like the, the sort of moral brotherly like appreciation that the squad has, you know, like mm-hmm. you, you could totally just play it as they're all dumb. Like, sure, that's the mission. We're going to do it. But to to sort of give them that moral backbone like Jack has, I think it it makes their ending even more powerful, I think. Yeah, yeah, I think well, in
1: the breakdown, he does say, like, he's a, a an American citizen. Like, we're not we're not going to kill him.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah, I think they, I mean, I think it's a cool layer that they add to these guys that even though Ironside is, like, calling the shots for them, they're like, you know, that guy arrested us, but at the same time, like, his goal is our goal, and he's not a bad person, so why do we have to kill this dude?
3: I mean,
0: they have zero issues killing anybody else down here.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's
0: the mission.
2: Uh, Ironside kind of catches Bailey's courier, that guy we've seen before in, in this compound. Uh, they start talking about where all the money is and at this point it's kind of like, what's going on between these two?
0: Yeah, because this uh, guy knows him. Calls him out by name and shit.
4: Mm-hmm. What are you
0: doing here? We see that cat I didn't recognize big. you without your cool nylon stocking.
1: <laughs> what
2: about now? Yeah. Put, oh, okay. Fold your upper lip up to your nose and <laughs> let me see what you look like.
0: When Outside. Michael Ironside was growing up, that's how his friends let him in. He'd have to stand out by the little picket fence and, and do that face where they'd activate the little- uh, Contraption to let him in.
1: Pull your lip up. No. Do it, Iron. Do it. Come on.
2: Outside, Cash is dancing with Sarita. Um, At this point, she's kind of like, You've gone completely insane. Like, all this shit you're doing down here, it's too, like, you're too far gone. Uh, She leaves him and goes to
0: Jack. He got wired and stayed wired.
2: Mm-hmm. cut back over to Ironside he finds what he needs so this courier kind of leads him to it's like a safe that's got a bunch of documents and money inside of it um, he ends up sh- killing this courier but Clancy Brown sees all this go down he's kind of like what Like, what the fuck is going on Ironside is like how about I cut you in 50-50 um, you know, there's $10 million here. We could just take it and leave. At this point, Clancy Brown is kind of like, there never was a mission, was there? Like, you're just, you got us all down here. You wanted us to get killed, and you're just planning to leave with this, like, stockpile of money.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: Ironside also gives some, you know, like a classic uh villain kind of speech where he's like, I didn't watch my buddies die and. In-
1: you know face oh, down in the muck yep for this trumpet
0: right so from the plot reveal he has been cash's partner this whole time and cash has this evidence on him so he's using this as a front to destroy all the evidence and steal the 10 million from cash mm-hmm. right do I have that locked okay yeah I think They
2: had worked together, like probably done some shady shit on the side, and this is like Ironside's way of clearing it all up and getting a huge payday for himself. How deep are you in? Ten million. Outside Jack and Cash, they square up. They're back-to-back, so they're going to have a good old-fashioned duel. Cash has ten paces, fair and square. Winner gets Sarita. Sarita cries out, no, I really love this part of the movie. Uh, Cash basically stops the duel. He's like, come on. If you're going to cry, it just fucks the whole thing up. (laughs) He's like, it lowers the whole tone. This isn't dog shit we're doing out here. This is two men that love you laying it all on the line.
0: This is, I mean, Powers Booth in this, man. is just incredible. Mm -hmm. Like how much, like what what if this is in the script and what is him just adding these flourishes to it? All right. The
2: duel starts up again. Um, but the iron side argument ends up spilling over before the duel can start. So a bunch of shots ring out. And from here on, like the shit hits the fan. Literally. I mean, it's just, Everybody in this compound starts shooting guns at each other. Uh, It basically turns into the end of the Wild Bunch, which I'm sure was like a huge influence on both Milius and Walter Hill making this thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, Two of the Zombie Squad guys find each other in all this. Clancy Brown is like, dude, we've been set up. If you see the Major, you kill him. Zombie guys start getting wasted. Uh, Tiny Lister catches a bunch of bullets.
1: Got some great pink mist here. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Very nice.
2: Uh, We do see Ironside. He gets all shot up. One of the machine gun nests gets exploded with like a fucking uh, grenade round or something. Ironside ends up getting killed. Uh, the Bailey gang mows down the rest of the zombie squad. So there's a little cut here where it all kind of dies down. You get a bunch of shots of just the zombie squad guys. They're all dead. Bailey and a bunch of goons, they catch up to Jack.
0: Bailey's like, hey,
2: dude, we're not done.
0: You ready to do this shit? Uh, I do love Bailey riding up in that fucking jeep that's got two dozen goons in the back of it <laughs> like mm-hmm. it's it's because it's, it's like a static shot that they just sort of drive into so after all of this fucking wild bunch climax shooting then you just get this like serene fucking beverly hillbillies truck <laughs> drive up
2: yeah and i think like nick nolte and Sarita are in like a little you know looks like an old school Jeep with like the windshield has gone off of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Jack is kind of like, hey, dude, are you ready to finish this? I love this part where uh, Cash Bailey is like, of course I'm ready. Jesus Christ, you think I got all day? It's after four. <laughs> <laughs> I guess he's
0: got <laughs> other shit to do. He really cranks it up after four. That's why. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs>
2: They tell Sarita to go ahead and count. Uh, She won't do it. Bailey ends up taking a couple cheap shots, you know, before they've had time to really square up. Uh, But Jack's got him dead to rights, shoots him in the shoulder. Jack tells him, all right, it's over. Like, I got you. You can give this all up. Uh, But Cash Bailey lifts his gun and Jack just unloads on him.
0: Dan, was it weird to watch a duel Without like a, a guy trying to kiss the winner.
1: Yeah, I was I was waiting the whole time. I'm like Yeah. Where's his assistant okay, is supposed to it, like is it Sarita?
0: Yeah. This movie's got Clancy Brown in a duel and there's no assistant trying to make out with one of the duelists. It's so weird.
1: Man, it'd be so great if he just rose from the dead and just gave Nick Nolte a big old smooch. Maybe it's in the 45 minutes that got cut out. Mm -hmm. Probably.
0: See, Cash that Highlander episode, everybody.
2: Cash Bailey's gang approaches. Uh, Nick Nolte still got his gun up. He tells Sarita like, Hey, you tell them to stop right now or we can continue shooting at each other. She relays the message. The guy who's kind of in charge of this gang, he's like, all right, How about this? We'll set up a deal right now. I'll let you two leave, but down the line, you got to play ball with me. Uh, Maybe I'll call you up one day. You get somebody out of jail. Jack says, no deal. I already helped you out, man. You get to wear the white suit now. This guy's all right with that arrangement. He's like, no more working for gringos. Walks over, takes Cash Bailey's hat. Jack and Sarita leave. Roll credits. That is the very complicated plot of extreme prejudice. Dan, hit me with that further research.
1: Gentlemen. Gentlemen. Upon further research, Extreme Prejudice from 1987, directed by Mr. Walter Hill, was released April 24th, 1987. They gave Mr. Walter Hill $22 million, and the people gave back $11.3 million. So it was a dud. How do
2: you have a movie uh,
1: like this just
2: like not get its money back?
1: Yes. Uh, yeah. Before the summer, I wonder when I the don't know.
0: I mean, yeah, I mean, there's Dan listed off a bunch of other Robocop. shit that came out in '87. So, you know, you had people probably saying, ah, "Extreme prejudice. You can't fucking follow the plot. Go watch RoboCop. It's about a fucking Robo. Watch Cop. a western. Yeah.
1: Uh, as we said before, written by John Milius. Uh, he was he was supposed to direct he had talked to multiple outlets doing interviews when he was writing the script as far back as nineteen seventy six. Um Karolka pictures, they were fresh off of the Rambo Cash. Carol Clow. Karol Clow. They were fresh off Rambo cash, so this is where this came from. Uh, They wanted to invest more. Uh, 1985, Jonathan Demi was connected to direct, but eventually uh, Walter took over, and we got what we got. Um, Always wanted Nick Nolte, hands down, nobody else. Uh, He he did... uh, Spend three weeks with uh, Joaquin Jackson, who is a real Texas Ranger, learning the day-to-day activities of the Rangers, and uh, to do all the mannerisms and address for his character in the film. Um, there was more Michael Ironside in this movie. That was a lot of the forty-five minutes that was cut. Uh, once the f- the first uh, cut happened, Walter felt that. It was seemed like more of a Michael Ironside movie than an actual Nick Nolte uh, Powers Booth movie. So that's where a lot of the cutting happened, and also to avoid the X rating that they got when it initially went to the ratings committee. Did Ironside hang dong or something? I don't know. So I was wondering. I was like, man, I'd love to see the X rated version. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, the film is considered to be a Western by both the writers and the producers of the movie. But, of course, every Walter Hill movie can be a Western, right? Uh, Walter Hill did work with Sam Peck and Paul for The Getaway from 1972. Probably not uh, Brewster's Millions. I don't know if that can be a Western. That, that is true. Uh, he did say his quote is, I tipped my hat to Sam a couple of times in this film. More than a couple, I think. Uh, We covered McNulty losing 50 pounds. Uh, A-Team was inspired by uh, the opening of the film. So that's where that came from. But other than that, I think that's about it, gentlemen. Gentlemen. I think there was one quote that I wanted to get by Nick Nolte. Nick Nolte said, "I wanted some. I wanted someone who was representative of a traditional American West and a perfect moral character to play, and that's what he felt about uh, Jack's character in this film. So,
4: hmm.
1: which I think, I think works. Yeah, I mean, all his he's very straight line. So,
0: you guys should ask him about that if you ever talk to him again."
1: I'm sure he'll stop back by. Okay. Bonesy. Oh, he's he's a regular now. Did you have something before we jump into the game?
0: Oh, no, the, the, the visual was the cue that I have a grid and a pin ready, fellers.
2: Oh. Well, if nobody's got anything else, it might be time to play El Paso's favorite game. It's right my letterboxed.
1: Rate my box
0: Dan, I beat you to it At time of this record Letterboxd ranking 3.6 Dan, would you like to start?
1: Gentlemen Uh, Cron Howard I am going I'm going to give you a 4.5. Bones, I'm going to give you... I'm going to give you a 4.0.
0: I'm going to repeat that. Cron, 4.5. Dan, 4.0.
2: I think I'm going to go Dan, 4.0. I think I'm going Bones,
1: 4.5. All right, guys. Um, Extreme Prejudice from 1987, Walter Hill. God damn it, Walter Hill. I love the dialogue in this movie. I love all the small things that he does throughout. I love Nick Nolte's straightforward, like I'm here to do this and this is what I'm going to do. The zombie unit is all great. This is unfair pick from, from Kron Howard here. Um, It fits perfectly into the criteria. I know, I know. Um, it's a it's a four point for me. It is. I mean, I think the first time I watched it, uh, it, I didn't. I don't think it landed well with me. The dialogue and I don't just maybe the pacing of it. Is it kind of a? I don't think the plot was too. Crazy. I think, like I said, in the end it kind of pulls it together. But I, I probably had it at a 3.5 the first time I ever watched it. And then once we went through this, I was like, God damn, this is fucking great. Um definitely a nod to Peck and Paw there. You can't deny it. Uh so yeah, it's a good time. I really enjoyed it these two times that I watched it for this, so yeah, it's a four for me which is rare for sure.
0: Mostly positive things for me. Uh, I thought the the transfer on this crown that you shared looked incredible Um, uh, performances, incredible throughout. Uh, If anything, I would have liked to see a little bit more of Ironside. I think, I mean, with that, with that twist and reveal, maybe it plays better if he's, not as active and you, cause at a certain point you ask like, God damn, does this guy fucking sleep? Cause he is just bouncing in between talking to Jack and leading the team and in investigating stuff. Uh, the one person you want more of is absolutely powers booth. Um, whether that's a conscious decision to leave you wanting more and just pepper him in a little bit. I, I, I don't know. Uh, Some really cool gunplay, a quick little uh, action scene or driving chase scene there. Dan, I kind of had the inverse. The first time I watched it, I was like, man, this is fucking awesome. Second time I watched it, I think it lost a little bit of the charm. I think Uh, not too much negative to say. My gut here is a 4.0.
2: All right. Very respectable scores. Um, I don't know what to say. I mean, this was a movie that I bought randomly one day based off of, oh, it's Walter Hill and I've not heard of it. And I bought the Blu-ray, um, while I was like out running errands one day. Um, and I took it home and watched it I was just like, God damn, this thing fucking cooks, man. Like, how are people not talking about this movie more? Um, I don't know. I just love a, a movie that's filled with character actors that are like, you know, doing the most for the film. And I don't know, They they just like fit perfectly into everything that's happening. And I do think that the plot here is like overly stuffed and like. Somewhat overly complicated, but at the end of the day, all the things that I like about the movie, like outweigh what I dislike about the movie. Um, the shootouts are great. You get two or three like awesome explosions in here. Um, and it does just come down to, I like all the characters in this film. Like I, I love what Powers Booth is doing. I love what Nick Nolte's doing. And all the kind of, like, filler characters, too. I mean, Rick Torn, like, I could have easily had him stay in this movie until the very end. Like, I, I like the character that much. Um, so, I don't know, man. It's just, it's one of those movies where it's like, does it all, like, does every single aspect hit the mark perfectly? And it's like, no. There's, you know, some stuff that I'm sure got lost in the edit. There's some stuff that... You know, it could have easily been two different movies altogether, but we get one movie that, you know, has an A and B plot that kind of the A plot becomes the B plot becomes the A plot. You know, it's just kind of, it shouldn't work as well as, as it does, but, um, everything that's in here, uh, I don't know. It just hits with me. I do think like there are a few issues that could have been ironed out, but, I don't know, man, this is a 4.5 all day long. Um, I love this movie. The very first time I watched this, I was kind of like, I want to go back and watch that, uh, like that opening scene in the bar where they shoot T.C. Luke. Like, you know, it it was just one of those things where I got to the end of the movie and I was like, I want to go back and start this again. So it's hard not to rate this thing highly, just – It's so goddamn good.
0: (laughs) Great scores.
1: High scores. Mm -hmm. Uh, Let's update this. I would say we have a direction erection for this one. Hell yeah.
0: We're staring as Kron purses his lips and clicks.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm on, a tear um, from his eye.
0: The sheet, the big list to find out where extreme prejudice falls. <laughs> Gonna have a probably
1: a 4.1, 4.2. Yeah, let me. I'm, a 3.6 on letterboxes. Yeah, that's not
0: terrible, I guess. Yes. Could be a 4.3 on Apple Podcasts. Two stars. Dan, I think you and I need to fill. Um, you know what? Okay. All right, guys. <laughs> there
2: Extreme Prejudice would have an average rating from the three of us of 4.167. This thing would land. Can you believe it? Number five on the big list. It's been a long time since we've had a movie crack the top ten.
0: Yeah. What is the current top five, Kron?
2: Top five as it stands now. Number one, Unhinged. Number two, Prince of Darkness. Number three, The Running Man. Four, Apocalypto. Five, Extreme Prejudice.
0: Damn. Fucking Maria. She's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. in.
1: She's in. We love this lady.
0: Thank you, Cron. Fun movie. Fun app.
2: Uh, Bones, do you have my letterbox scores. you
0: do. Uh, Dan and I both got twos and you got a
2: 1.5. On my own movie. Fucking rigged ass game. Uh, all right, guys. At the end of this round, scores would be Dan leading the pack 9.5. Bones, you and I are tied for second with an 8.5. Oh, shit. Anybody's it's game anybody's- this very long round of rate my letterbox
1: it's a tough one man because like i said i i had maybe three four bullets and notes through this whole thing and i'm like god damn this is so good i i have anything to fucking joke about so i feel like this is i do feel like this movie is
2: still under the radar though Mm -hmm. like I wish more people would watch this because you look at Walter Hill's filmography and I, to me it's like, this is, this should be top three in anybody's book. And I feel like this just doesn't get as much, you know, conversation, as much discussion as a lot of his other movies do.
0: Yeah. There's some coarse language. I mean, there's some, but I, I wouldn't say that there's anything in this that doesn't age worse than a lot of other stuff that's still, you know, highly regarded either. So, I hope that that's not – that it's content isn't isn't keeping it from that. But like you said, Kron too, it's like these are all character actors, you know? Mm-hmm. Like I, I don't think of Nick Nolte as like leading man, you know? So –
1: I think it was hard to find also for a while.
2: Yeah, Yeah, this one did just kind of, for a long time, was like lost on VHS. And I think even, you know, before, um, I think it was Vestron Video that put out the Blu-ray finally, but it's like before- I was going to
1: say, I don't know if it even came out on DVD.
2: Yeah, I think it was just like the only option available before the Blu-ray was like a pan and scan, like cropped out, you know, fucking- VHS rip of it so um I don't know thanks Vestron for fucking bringing this thing out of the grave
1: I will say if you are interested get on Amazon it's like 12 bucks for the Blu-ray like it's worth it it.
0: and Mm -hmm. thank you Kron for bringing it to our attention to our 12 listeners (laughs) happy to have a seat this thing out
2: yeah if you're listening Watch this movie. Find find us on Discord. I can help you watch this movie. Uh, Alright, guys. I think that's it. That was Extreme Prejudice on. from 1987, directed by Walter Hill. When we come back after the after showers, uh, Bones is going to let us know what we'll be watching to round out Direction, erection
0: Walter Hill oh it's gonna be fun
2: can't wait I guess until then there's only one thing left to say and that's crash and burn get wired and stay wired
1: crash and burn
0: all right we're here after showers welcome back guys what's with all the fucking popcorn back there
1: that's a great movie man i i carried
2: mine out of a theater with me
0: okay because i i was so relieved to finally take a shower it's so sweaty in here mm-hmm. or real sweaty movie on top of that you it's know a hot one, and then i i i come out here and now i'm You know, my moistened skin, you know, because of that dove that we bought, fucking peppered and popcorn dust, so. It's
2: always a bummer stepping out of the shower into even hotter outside air.
1: (laughs) Yeah. You just start sweating again. Yeah. (laughs) It's like you live in Louisiana. Oh, why you got to be bringing it all? I didn't know every time we said the state of Louisiana, like you're there. Well, am I just supposed to ignore it? He's just. <laughs> no.
0: I, I mean, to be fair, we do try to summon him when he doesn't want to show up. So now he's probably just attuned to it. You know,
1: let's say he's on his game. Why am I even here right now? This is the. <laughs> this is after the movie. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of true.
0: Yeah. And I gotta tell you, I don't think you're showing up next week, buddy. Oh, that's so, so disappointing. L- let's just say Etouffee. And...
2: Oh, I'll probably show up next week. Okay, you—you <laughs> you have made a
1: very strong enemy, Bones.
3: Shit,
0: Share Bones. I'll
1: try. I'll try very hard, uh, Cajun Crown. Pretty try.
0: much all of our guests, man. I'm just antagonistic with now. It's a bummer. All right, and until next week, Etouffee Bones,
2: Etouffee Dan, Etouffee, Etouffee.
0: All right, Dan, it is time yeah. to put a bow on Direction Erection, the films of Walter Hill. Who, yeah. You brought us Streets of Fire. You previously brought us The Warriors, Five Star Banger. Cron, you brought us a modern Western, buddy. Modern by the fucking those standards. Mm-hmm. I mean, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I still fall victim to that thing, like, Oh, 99 was two years ago. No, you fucking idiot. Um, you're old and decrepit. As I always try to do, being the tail end of these categories, I balance is important to me. So when I look at, at the previous selections, both from the 80s, both... Uh, a tinge of a classic story, a take on a Western in a way. And both picks were Walter Hill sort of unencumbered, right? He was allowed to, to do what he wanted. Streets of Fire, Passion Project. Dan told us that uh, Extreme Prejudice, $22 million. This was pretty tough looking at old Walter Hill's filmography. But what I I wanted to key in on was something a little bit more modern. Let's take a look at the at the end of his career, the latter part of his career. Some few pretty obvious bone's choices. Um But I had to go with, had to go with the old gut here. And I think what we're going to do is we're going to focus on a On a movie that was taken away from old Walter Hill. We're going to go to 2000. We're watching Supernova with James Spader. I believe Angela Bassett is also in this. Robert Forster. Lou Diamond Phillips. Robin Tooney returns. Ooh. Bad Boy is available on Amazon Prime. That was another deciding factor for ease of viewing. Uh, fellas, I have seen this movie before.
2: Were you one of eight in the theater?
0: <laughs> I did not see this in the theater. I watched this, uh, I think we've hinted at this a few times uh, pre COVID. Pre our podcast, we used to have a monthly movie club. That we did between ourselves and a few other friends. And I believe this was a movie that I selected for one of my um, assignments. Now, uh, Walter Hill did direct this movie. It was taken away from him. I believe in some of my research, they he clashed with the studio quite a bit. They cut the budget. They brought in one director. And Francis Ford Coppola is also credited as a director because he was basically given a certain budget towards the end to kind of reshoot and make the thing a little bit more palatable Uh, hey I'm going to show my hand here this thing is a fucking mess (laughs) but it is uh, this is going to be a a glorious five day rentals watch Uh, it just this is not the movie that I wanted uh, James Spader to make his five day rentals intro on But he can only go up from here. Uh, We're getting zero G sex scenes. We're getting... uh, Check out that trailer, man. You get fucking Sugar Ray in the bad boy. Uh, There's also a really awesome uh, quick clip that you can watch. I believe it's linked on Letterboxd or Just Watch with Lou Diamond Phillips where he basically talks about... like There was zero acting process because we would be in a trailer and then they would bring us half a page... And we were just saying dialogue on the set that they were just going to recut and edit later. Uh, it's a wild fucking story. I cannot wait to talk about it. Again, there was some obvious choices in there, but I thought, like, you know what? Let's not let's not make the category all good. Let's purposely throw a stinker in there. So, have you guys even heard of? much of this aside from just seeing in the filmography when you were looking stuff up?
2: Nope. But I do feel like, I mean, even, you know, extreme prejudice that we all rated highly. I, I think at this point we've watched three of these together. Plus the warriors, I would almost kind of say Walter Hill's MO is a bit of a mess of a movie.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, three credited directors. I think that's the first time in five-day Reynolds history. Also, Jack uh, Shoulder.
0: Yeah, I think he did a Hellraiser.
1: Uh, Nightmare Before, or Nightmare Before, Nightmare on Elm Street 2, The Hidden Alone in the Dark. Oh, wow. He, was, uh, he did recently talked two. about on um, on Horror Draft's latest uh, draft there. Go check that out. Oh, yeah, A he Wishmaster. He's also credited. Sorry, not a... Oh, uh, Wishmaster 2, yes. So yeah, um, I th- I remember renting this, but I don't know, if- I don't remember anything from it, it was so long ago. This is 2000, so yeah.
0: Yep. And it is, it is every bit of 2000s, buddy.
1: <laughs> so probably- 91 minutes. Probably going through it, I'll be like, okay, yeah. But hey, it's the first time Francis Ford Coppola is, is also brought up here on the Five Day Realms podcast.
0: I mean, is it the only way that he could?
1: Uh, No. I mean,
0: okay. We'll see.
2: We could watch Godfather 3 together, <laughs> I guess.
0: I've never seen it. It's the only one I haven't seen.
2: I don't think I've gotten all the way through it. I bet Dan's watched all of three at some point. I have. I
0: mean, oh, yeah, later Probably in life, way. I've gotten around to Apocalypse Now. <laughs> Apocalypse, that, yeah, that being my favorite, but I'll always have a soft spot for the outsiders. Didn't we just bring that up?
1: We did bring that. Was that up in the Streets of Fire? The Streets of Fire yeah. episode, yes. I think I'm more of a pony boy. <laughs> a
2: what? I think I'm we the Pony Boy of this podcast.
0: Yeah, Dan's the Dallas.
1: I get who shot Jr.
0: Uh, no, you get suicide by cop,
1: right? Okay, <laughs> that's how I wanted to go anyway.
3: Do it for Johnny.
0: I think that was his fucking name, right? It sounds right.
3: I mean one Dallas of it'd
0: be Dally Johnny. Dally or Johnny was uh um Ralph Macchio.
2: You guys ever Dally. seen yeah. The Conversation?
1: Yeah, it's a good flick. That's one that
2: I, I always want to watch that one, but I've never seen I haven't seen it yet.
0: Pick it, dude.
1: <laughs> oh, there's so many Ford Coplas I could bring here.
0: I always heard that. Oh, that... let's do Jack,
2: dude. <laughs> no. I've always heard the conversation is like like an underappreciated masterpiece, you know?
0: Yeah, I feel like every five years it bumps up where people are talking about it more and more. Like they're having conversations about it.
1: Mm-hmm. It's, it's good. Okay. It's good.
4: All
0: right. Let's not milk this anymore. Next week, Supernova 2000. We're calling it a part of the direction erection the films of Walter Hill. Let's analyze this mess like Kron said. Maybe that's the Walter Hill magic. Maybe it is you throw the shit on screen and you see what works. In this case, you throw it on screen and then you let Francis Ford Coppola try to fix it. (laughs) Let's see. But my boy, James Spader, can't do any wrong. You guys, good.
1: Oh
4: yeah.
0: All right. Uh, well, let's take this opportunity to thank anybody that's rated us. Um, hit up the Discord, do all that stuff. We're coming up on two years of the podcast. No ads. No Patreon. Uh, this is what this cost us. What two thousand dollars a month to host this uh, thing? So at ten thousand. Be- Jesus Christ. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I guess that first year, fucking discount ran. I don't know. We're. I think we're doing something wrong.
1: My car was repossessed because of this. Thank you. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay.
1: Yeah,
2: Dane's been flintstoning it all over town.
1: It's just, you know, dedication, man, you know?
2: He's still got a hollowed out, like, a the chassis of a car, but
0: he has to <laughs>
1: <laughs> fucking I, run I his little wrong. feet underneath it's it. A, it's a
0: fucking LeBaron, dude. Mm-hmm.
1: I'm also trying to become the hollow man, so yeah.
0: Well, I mean if the government takes anything else from you.
2: Wait, you've been Fucking government man. You've been experimenting with
1: Hollow Man technology. <laughs> Dude, yeah. Oh shit. Totally. I've been taking those fucking uh Lawnmower man fucking shots too, but <laughs> I'm getting I'm getting dumber. The monkey is advancing and you're not?
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: He's way He beats me in chess every day.
4: Shit.
0: Hey, it's better to be uh, invisible and dumb than visible and smart, right? That's true. Who knows? Who gives a uh. shit? Come back, direction, direction. The films of Walter Hill. Crash and burn.
2: Cyber Christ lives. Go fucking
4: iceberg. That was the fastest boner I've ever seen.